Julian Rankin here with Corey Christie. Pull up my notes here. Yeah, I made my notes on sticky notes this time because the, the technology was interfering with my thought process. Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing, Mississippi thing. This is Mississippi thing. I'm trying to talk through it and look at a list. Something about paper makes it much easier for me to, to visualize it because I never write and it's always like everywhere on the page. Yeah. And I remember in high school, they, they say that when you write something down, you remember it better. And I do remember, like, I would know in my notes, like, there was something in the margin of the right-hand corner next to that doodle I drew. That's the answer. I, and I, was, I was just like, <laughs> what word was that? It. Yeah, what word was that? And I'll usually That's funny. not think about it. But I'll, but I'll sometimes pull it out just because it was where it was on the I, page. Um, I doodle when meetings. Instead of taking notes, I always doodle. And then give it to the person next to me at the end. And sign it like you're like an artist or something? Yeah. I even bought like colored markers. <laughs> I like do little doodles that I like. Give it to them. This is an original Corey Christie. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome everybody. We are back here. Uh, this is the first recording we've done in person. Uh, a topic near and dear to our hearts. It's sports here in Mississippi, and uh, that's a, a big topic that has a lot of a lot of legs to it. How, how would you conceptualize and communicate to people what Mississippi sports is all about? Friday nights, of course, is, is I think the first thing that comes to many people's minds with uh, sports in general, but. Here in Mississippi, it's a big deal going into um, high school football games and knowing how to get there because it's the only light in town. I think I remember many times on the bus, you know, rolling up. It's like, there it is. <laughs> you know, there's the lights. Um, so, you know, just a driver of culture in our state big time. I know at one time Mississippi had the most per capita NFL players, not the most overall, but the most for our size, along with the most beauty queens, which I think is important to note. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I guess on the coast, you know, sportsmen – the kind of the sportsman's paradise type deal that's louisiana's tagline but with fishing and such like that that is a sport yeah we have the fishing and the golfing and the um all that fun sportsmen types of activities boating as a sport um the uh the fishing rodeos are, are big big time fun around here so that's a good sport yeah so i grew up in the delta and uh shaw mississippi was my first childhood home and we were i was always told about the former owner of the house was Boo Ferris, and Boo Ferris was a, a Mississippi-born um, MLB player. I think he played for the Red Sox, and then he was famed for coaching Delta State baseball forever. So we lived in Boo Ferris's house, and I was always told about about that and the baseball traditions there. And then we moved to Oxford, and in Little League, I already mentioned this in another uh, pod, the uh, the soccer experience where John Grisham was coaching our soccer team. That was all fun and well, but in baseball, we had a coach named Mike Grant. And he had a son named Heath. Heath was like a, a beast. He was like a monster because his dad was the strength coach. Mike was the strength coach for Ole Miss football. So he was our um, our coach. He was sort of a sort of what you would imagine a strength coach would be. Probably like five five. He's probably a little taller, but like a shorter guy, but super stocky with like a military buzz cut. They all look that way with the the, the weird tight coat shorts t- yeah. with his uh, polo tucked in and like a stomach that was you know it was like a a beer belly, but you could tell it was like super hard like it, if you punched it it would be no Reverse give to it it was like the abs were you know there's just one one huge ab <laughs> the kid yeah and I had, I had some other coaches like that later in life but Mike Grant was our coach in like third or fourth grade his philosophy on training his football players there was no performance enhancing drugs was nothing like that he would take them to the Ramada Inn this is the anecdote I remember from his Mississippi State days in the Sports Illustrated profile he would take all his guys to the all you could eat buffet at the Ramada Inn load them up on lima beans and you know meatloaf whatever was there kind of the corn fed notion of how you grow 
athletes. Yes. And I think there's something too that in Mississippi is the country boys are always another level. The corn fed folk. Yes. I, I remember that uh, conversation often um, after a, a butt whipping <laughs> coming home from a game in the country somewhere. Your parents but don't worry, Corey. Those were corn fed guys. <laughs> yeah. You can't get down on yourself. They've been eating for 12 hours. <laughs> Yeah, we have a very rich history of wonderful, great athletes. But the, your coach story reminds me of Jackie Laird, who was just a huge personality. And um, they actually just tried to name the Black Sky basketball gym after him. I think he won several state titles and was just awesome. But at my time, he was just the um, he would just hang around the program and make fun of us all. And then he was the uh, driver's ed coach or teacher. So he's a lot of fun. But I remember I'm always walking through the courtyard uh, on game day telling the uh, girls to stay away from his players on game day. And he'd be like, no sex after dark, no drinking, <laughs> no smoking. And he'd just repeat himself walking through the courtyard. It was just um, a very fond memory of high school laughing at him. We decided to, to the way to frame this, and we're, there's no way we're going to be able to talk about every athlete, but we're going to draft kind of a dodgeball team, like a five-man dodgeball team of Mississippi athletes. So the thing is that we're leveling the playing field be- between football, basketball, uh, baseball, whatever, because they're not playing any of those sports, but we're just going by their, their mentality, their, you know, who do you want on your team? But also right. thought instead of just dodgeball, it could be, um, you know, that's a way to wrap your head around, but it's, it's kind of like the field day, you know, Red Rover. The field day team. Yes. The, the two leg race or three legged race, the uh, wheelbarrow race. Yeah. Who you want on, on your side, you know, at field day. I like it. Yeah. So, and we'll justify each pick based on that. So yeah, let's, let's pick five. And I'm going to give you the first one. This, I was, I'm kind of curious who's going to go first. There's, there's a lot to choose from. Okay. So if we're going with like draft style, number one pick, mine, I think is a little bit of a zag, but I'm going with Ted DiBiase just because he's going to be dirty. He's going to do what it takes to win. He's going to entertain the team. Um, and, and I think he's just a great way to start big, strong fella. So all of the uh, different activities, I think, um, would be fun to have around. So Ted DiBiase, world wrestler. Star. Yeah, you know that that's that is a zag. I, obviously, I know him, but I'm not I'm not the expert, and I I don't know that I have any wrestlers on my it's the million team. dollar man. Mm. So, what do you think he when he's filling the the gaps in terms of your team? You know, whether that's dodgeball or I, mean, I don't know that we're doing any any straight up wrestling. So, where where do you think he's really <laughs> going to come into the? Well, just the strength and agility it takes to be a wrestler. You know, he can do just about anything, and the intimidation factor really. Um, and honestly, the, the low uh, set of morals. So whatever it takes, you know, Ted's out there doing it. He was the dirty guy. He was a heel. So so just whatever it takes, Ted's, Ted's making it happen. I hear you. All right, man, that, that opens mine way up because you didn't take any of the, the people I thought might go first. I'm going to have to keep it South Mississippi and just pick Brett Favre. You know, if, if what we're doing is we're, we're, we're playing dodgeball, there's good, I'm sure there's some other games that we're going to be doing that involve throwing. So he, I'm just getting arms. That's one of my strategies for this draft is just to get big arms. And, of course, Brett Favre would break his receiver's fingers repeatedly in practice because he threw so damn hard. So I think he's going to be – and I, and these are these are grown folk, but if you think about field day, you know, even I bet when he was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, give him, you know, something in his hand to throw, a rock through a window, whatever it was going to be, he was probably slinging yeah, it. He could do it. Yeah, he could do it. He's, you know, maybe share some uh, – traits with DiBiase so that's a good first pick there for you I mean, yeah I think that's a good choice and I guess are we doing a snake draft do I do I get to you can do two yeah it's only two of us yeah. so I guess I do get to do two though so all right so I've got my arm the other um the other strategy I'm going to go with is hands so you know I'm going with Jerry Rice I shouldn't have let you go second so <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry Rice of course is uh the greatest receiver of all time arguably the greatest football player of all time but 
Um, you know, he, he hails here, went to, went to college at uh, Mississippi Valley State University. And I'm thinking about dodgeball specifically here. If you've got big arms, but you've also got people who can catch the ball, one of the rules is if you catch it, the dude's out. That's a big part of the game. So, I mean, I almost feel like if we're playing dodgeball, if it comes down to only got two dudes left and it's Jerry Rice and Brett Favre. Your shape chances are pretty good. Yeah. You know? You're so, looking pretty good there. I don't know, man. So you, you, you got you got a wrestler and I've got Brett Favre <laughs> and Jerry Rice. You need to, you right, so I might have... Uh, do the check my strategy here, but I did have Brett Favre as my next pick, so I'm going to skip him and go with Walter Payton. So that kind of covers a lot of the bases with the, the good hands, with the um, athleticism, bar none. Again, arguably the best running back to ever do it. Um, one of the best NFLers to ever do it, which, um, you know, with our three picks there, we have three of the best from our small little state, you know, three of the top five of their positions of all time. Totally. Um, pretty impressive. I was definitely going to go uh, one of the next ones with, with Walter, with sweetness, and played at Jackson State University, of course, and went on to the Bears. And, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get into this in a minute, but two of, of my three – or th- two of these three picks, Jerry Rice and Walter Payton, as you mentioned, these are HBCUs that they played yes. for. And that, that um, you, if you were to build a team of HBCU alums versus, like, SEC – in Mississippi, you would have a, a tough time. Good shot. Yeah, yeah even with good these shot. smaller schools, you know, it's incredible. Let's see. I'm thinking of Walter. I mean, he's going to be if we're playing like tag, it's going to be tough. He's going to be good in a lot of situations. He's going to be, um, you know, probably the fastest guy on the on the game field all day long. Um, obviously, toughness was his forte, so so one of the tougher guys. But another guy is going to find a way to win. Him and Ted probably get along great, even though sweetness was a little more um, on the highbrow. <laughs> but, well, he was uh, soft-spoken, you yeah, know. So I mean, I'm sure he had his other other sides of him. But if if you got Ted as your your kind of rough and tumble guy, sweetness, he, he doesn't need to to speak loud. You know, he talks real soft. You know, like, I just scored a touchdown on you. You know, I mean, he, <laughs> he, he he's just speaking matter of fact and, and, and you know, just plow you. Yeah, you know, just run you right over. So all right, so I'm going to stick with the HBCU theme. And get a thrower to offset your thrower with Steve McNair. Yeah, Steve McNair was was one I was uh, I was definitely going to go for um, too. So yeah, tell me about tell me so about Eric Steve, McNair. Um, Eric McNair, Alcorn State, uh, went on to play for the Titans. Had a great career. Almost got him a Super Bowl in there. Um, so really, when you compare their careers, he's he's not too far off from Favre. Um, of course, Favre did it for a real long time and put up some numbers. But uh, McNair had a great career. Um, both on and off the field it has been fairly well documented. And I used to see both of those dudes around Hattiesburg fairly regularly. Okay. Um, I'd see Steve like at the, I've never talked to Steve. I have talked to Brett a couple of times, but in passing or, you know, just here and there, but um, Steve would just be at the mall, like buying shorts or, or something strange. So he's a man of the people. I like that, you know, but um, him, Brett were around, I mean, I saw. I remember seeing Brett like in a bar one night, just kind of hanging out. So I tried to introduce him to him. He just well, he just kind of wiped it off. But uh. well, that's my liability. Is you know, Brett is he might be at the bar the night before the field day or the dodgeball tournament, and you know, I need someone who's going to rouse him up. I don't know who that is on my team right now, but he should have had DiBiase. I know. know. That's the, <laughs> I'm seeing a, a little bit of a weakness, a chink in the armor here. All right, I got to make sure. I, I got to write my. I got to check these off of my uh, piece of paper because I'm going to get confused. So I got. I got Favre. And Jerry, and you got Ted. I got Ted Sweetness. Walter, yeah, and Steve Air McNair, and he knows he's on Nike shoe. I'm not sure Brett ever got to Nike shoe status. 
There was a there was a Steve McNair Nike. Yes, I think I, I didn't have it, but I remember it. Yes. Okay, was it a cleat or was it like a straight up no, shoe? It was just a cross trainer. Oh man, I'm getting a Steve McNair shoe. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> you, know, you think you, it's gonna be tough? <laughs> I hope you can find it. But, uh, oh, this this takes me back. This Twenty years. You, old. you ever heard of Ruse? You know those shoes? They were, I saw them on. They were. Yes, oh man, yes, who, who was? Yes. I had a pair. I'm trying to remember who was who was. I uh, would keep stuff in my pouch. Who was slinging Ruse? I love them because he it was a it was an athlete and uh. There's no way it's going to be a, a Mississippi athlete. I'd have to, I'm going to have that to find it. But it was some football player and um, like Herschel Walker or somebody was had some ruse on. They got a little kangaroo on the side, and they had a little zipper where you could put your key in the side. But I remember in high school, me and my girlfriend both got ruse. I felt so awesome because I was like, no one's going to have, have these ruse. But now I need some, some Steve McNair's. That's going to uh, be even better. Kept money, like change in there. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get much with that though. It's like it's, there's only a limit how much change you can but fit in some ruse. You could. you could get some candy. You could get you should you could get some things with some uh, some ruse back then. So Sting, uh, the wrestler, the wrestler was a ruse. Okay. Sponsor. I see that. Which is funny. I swear to God, there was a football player. A football player too. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and edit myself in interrupting us about. Yeah, that's worth it. Who it was that was wearing ruse. Hey. Hey, Corey. It's Julian. How are you doing, man? What's going on? So, remember when we were talking about, in sports, the kangaroos shoes? Yes. We stopped the podcast, and um, I knew that there was some spokesperson, but I couldn't figure out who it was. I couldn't remember, and I found out. Yeah. I found out who it was. Who was it? Well, I'm going to read the poster to you. So, the, 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 <laughs> okay. ad, the advertisement for kangaroos, the, this gentleman is sitting wearing them. They look really good on them. They're white. And it says, running past Franco Harris, O.J. Simpson, and Jimmy Brown in total NFL rushing yards is where my kangaroos come in. For the record, I choose kangaroos. Bo Jackson? It's not Bo Jackson. It was one of your picks in the draft. Uh, Walter Payton? It's Mississippi and Walter Payton. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think this might change everything about the draft. <laughs> does it like up his value or does it uh, drop his value? No, I think it ups it. He's he's running the playground for real now because he's got kangaroos on. I mean, the field day was pretty tight before, but now we found out it was indeed a Mississippian who had the kangaroos, and I'm kind of I'm kind of shook. I mean, that's amazing to say the least. It's so, like perfect Mississippi, though. I mean, our our guy got the kangaroo endorsement. That just says so much. That's because we're down under. You know, we're the down south. He, <laughs> Bottom of the yeah. barrel, down under. That's so wonderful. Yeah, so I just wanted to call you to tell you that. Okay, well, it's my turn again. I got two picks in a row. All right, I don't know, man. This is where it gets tough. Like I said, my strategy my strategy is arms and hands, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little juke to the right and pick Deuce McAllister because, you know, the deuce is loose. I, I notice you've got some running backs. I need someone who's going who's gonna to bring that, that power, pile driver of, of going up the middle, and, uh, and that's Deuce. And I remember, man, I love Deuce McAllister, just Deuce for Heisman bumper stickers when he was at Ole Miss. And then um, he was a saint. Yeah, he's course. a saint. I mean, yeah. and that, you know, of course, for people who are from Mississippi, most of our audience knows we have no pro teams, so – you know, everyone is a Saints fan, uh, and w- without dropping any more names, you know the Saints have, have had a lot of Mississippians. So yeah, Deuce McAllister, I think he's gonna Red Rover. I mean, I, I know Sweetness, <laughs> Sweetness. You know, he he's he's gonna juke you, but just straight up Red Rover power. Um, I don't know, man. Give me some Deuce McAllister yeah, running through your arms. Your arm is gone. 
you're gonna have some dislocated I I elbows. Got, uh, I think my next pick might help me out with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna stick with the Saints. And I'm gonna take Archie Manning. So, you know, I, I can't mess around and, and leave Archie on the board. He is one of the greatest Mississippi athletes, not just for his play, but for his his uh, the siring capabilities <laughs> of his loins. So he, he, you know, he churned out some other wonderful Mannings, of course, um, and even now you've got young Arch who's going to be going into college soon, and it's going to be one of the most intense recruiting. Now, who's he belong to? Is that Peyton's son or? I don't think he has a father. He was just born out of uh, a test okay. tube of what if he was born stem out of stem cell? Yeah, what if he was actually Archie Manning's? They had frozen some of Archie's, you know, sperm and just made Arch Manning. And one of the Manning's claims him as his son, but really, that's the secret of it all. I, is I that, buy that one hundred percent? I think that's going to be what's going to happen on draft night. Is you're going to get kind of like when we had the gas mask incident. Um, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I should have taken Cooper Manning. No, no, no one's going to pick him, but that would be quite the grab. Yes. Archie's not just standing there like a statue in the pocket. Like Brett Favre, he's getting sacked, you know. But if someone's coming after Archie Manning, he's going to get moving him. around. Yeah, he was one of the first scramblers. He made that, um, you know, a fashionable thing to do. I think him with uh, like Kenny Stabler and and those guys back in the day. Yep, yep. So yeah, Laramie Tunsil, of course, was the the gas mask um, Ole Miss player. So this will be my four this and is five, your I think. And fifth, yeah. yeah. So I'm going with just a beast of a person, a beast of a man, um, to help out with dudes trying to break through. The line here, Demario Davis, um, who actually went to Arkansas State, but was born in Mississippi, uh, Brandon, Mississippi. Um, so, you know, right up there, I guess that's around Jackson area. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just a beast, of course, linebacker for the New Orleans Saints currently. That's good. Um, and he's just a scary person. <laughs> you know, I think that's my whole motivation for picking him. He, obviously, linebacker, always one of the best athletes on the field. Um, and he he's uh, doing his thing for the Saints now. So I think that could slow down Deuce because, one, DeMario is active now. Deuce is uh, old. <laughs> so that gives me a big advantage. I, I saw Deuce a couple times when, after his playing career. And once was when he had come up. And, and he's a wonderful man. I mean, from by all accounts, me, me and Deuce aren't, aren't tight like that. I can't speak to his, his persona. But, uh, you know, he's, he's also an entrepreneur, but he gives back. But anyways, he's had car businesses and dealerships. But when I met him, he, was, he, was, he had his own energy drink. And I wish I had saved it. I think I just drank it. I was like, this tastes awful. And I, um, I can't remember what it was called. I think there was like a bulldog on it or something. It was, you know, typical energy drink marketing. But I wanted, you know, I wanted it to make it just because Deuce McAllister was behind it. That's the kind of guy he was. So an old Miss guy with a bulldog on his sports drink. It must not have been a bulldog. Have been a bulldog. Yeah, and I bet if I Googled it, it wouldn't even come up because it was like a promotional thing that I don't think it ever got. They never scaled it up. So he owns a restaurant in Biloxi, I believe. Okay. In the, um, where is it? I've eaten there once. In the Boomtown Casino. That's where it is. Wow. So some sort of Deuce McAllister restaurant in Boomtown. So if you want to support your boy Deuce, go over there and eat at it. I do. I do. I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be corn fed at the Deuce McAllister restaurant. That's my that's my promise to you, Deuce. I hope, hopefully your energy drinks are on the menu. All right. So you've got your fourth, and now it's time so for your final. Go for another big scary footballer, um, DK Metcalf. Oh yeah. So um, it solves again the hands issue. Of course, um, I don't know where DK went to school at. Ole Miss. <laughs> Did he really? Mm-hmm. Look at that. I did not know that. I just knew he was from Mississippi and he's a scary looking fella. <laughs> um. He's straight out of a damn, you know, uh, the 300 or something. I mean, he's tall and so ripped. He, he, he was wearing, I bet he was wearing half shirts when he was like four years old. He oh, probably yeah, already, yeah, had, yeah. <laughs> already had probably a Probably on the little league team uh, at four, just dominating. Oh, he was one uh, of those guys. The hands, the, the scariness. 
I'm going with all intimidation team over here. One skill guy with sweetness. But yeah. I think we got a, a good shot. DK Metcalf can do like somehow somehow do monkey bars with one arm or something, you know, <laughs> something like impossible that doesn't even physically make sense. Yeah, he is uh he's something. It's fun to watch. All right. I've been trying to think about how I'm gonna go with this last pick. Um there's a couple ways I could I could move. Oh, so I mean I'm looking at my list, you know, I've got Jerry Rice, Deuce McAllister, Archie Manning, and Brett Favre. Hmm. I think I'm going to go a little more recent uh, and go Malcolm Butler, who, of yeah, course, yeah. you know, won his, won his team, won the Patriots the Super Bowl against the, the Seahawks. DK wasn't on the Seahawks then, but won that Super Bowl. He's from Vicksburg, and I got my hands, even from the defensive end, I've got some more hands on the field. So I've got two arms, two hands, and Deuce McAllister. That's going to be our, our – yeah, that's, that's our motto. You know, arms, hands, and Deuce McAllister. I'll take that to the, to the bar fight or to the field day anytime. <laughs> I think I get a slight advantage somewhere in the Demario um, Archie matchup. I think I get a slight, <laughs> slight edge there. Yeah, if we go straight, if something breaks down and there's just like a brawl, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, oh, it's it's going to play out. Yeah, I think my guys are going to. They're going to have to. Favre's going to have to learn how to scramble, and he could, yeah. and he can, and Favre can scramble. Well, he but, just brushed dudes off, so he didn't have to scramble so much. He's just so big back there. Yeah, he just yeah. brushed dudes off and rocket the ball. I wouldn't want to go after Brett Favre. I mean, no. yeah. No, no way. No, he, he, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you, you run into on the street and he looks like a football player, but, you know, you, you don't realize until it's too late that this guy's like one of the top 2% of humanity, you yeah, know, running through his veins. And, you know, his family is um, infamous, if nothing else, around the coast for, for various. We won't get into details, but y'all should go Google the Favre family. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking my guys, not to say Favre's not a wonderful character, but I'm taking, all, I'm taking on the field for all of my picks. You know, we're not, yeah. we're not worrying about any other the scandalous things that may be unsaid here tonight. Um, Favre got, has gotten into his share of scandals and some involving uh, cell phone pictures, some involving um, monies from Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, but we still love Brett Favre. I think uh, my boy Ted was involved in that one, in the monies from the state. I think they were together maybe somehow, so there's connection there. I hope they're not working together to throw the games here. You know, what if, what if, because you induce at Boomtown, we got some this casino angle. I'm thinking of gambling. I wonder, because, you know, that was thinking in, in the gambling thing, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Obviously not a Mississippian, but he was shoeless. So I'm just all this is now coming together in a very conspiracy so theory. He fits right in, you know, with the state and yeah. Um, yeah, shoeless Joe should have been should be like shoeless Jethro or something. There's there's got to be some shoeless gam. There's a lot of shoeless gamblers in Mississippi. They're just not good baseball players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I hope I hope Ted and Brett Favre aren't aren't trying to to throw the the Red Rover game here, but I think with, with sweetness on your team, he's going to really keep your guys in line. He's got some honesty to him. And I got Archie Manning. This is what I was, we were talking about earlier with like the coaches. Archie is not just the leader of your team. He's like a, he's like general Patton, you know, he's, he's motivating you. He's giving you life lessons. Your moral compass. You need that. You need that guy on the team. That's, you know, the good guy. Uh, We'll throw out our email address again. If y'all want to tell us who won, uh, feel free. We're not going to, going to declare a winner, but shoot us a, a, an email at msthingpod at gmail.com. We wanted to end this this uh, this pod with a little bit of talk about again Mississippi sports, but also the mascots of Mississippi. So if you pay any attention, you know there's been over the years like with the Ole Miss Rebels, they they switched mascots. They're still technically the Rebels, but Colonel Reb at the football game was replaced for a minute by the Black Bear, and that was a reference to a Faulkner story. And then I believe they. If it's still not in action, they've had a land shark mascot, like a physical mascot okay, okay. running around. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not. The, they're still the Ole Miss Rebels, but they did have have that. And 
Um, actually, when they did a poll, if if we if we, we would have let the people decide, there was a big contingent that wanted him to be the Admiral Akbar's from from Star Wars, like okay. the the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> so you know the octopus looking dude on uh, yeah. from Star Wars or Squid Guy. So I think the Admiral Akbar's would have been pretty solid. But it got us thinking about Mississippi mascots, and you know if we were creating our own franchise in Mississippi. Uh, it would probably be a doomed franchise because me and Corey are not good general managers, as, as you might have seen. Um, what would we name it? And so I was trying to think of some, and I don't know what you came up with, but let, let's dig into it. These, who knows what sports these are? These could be baseball. This could be football. Um, but we want to get a little creative like minor league teams usually do. They always have more fun mascots, and so we felt like there's got to be some more true-to-life mascots here uh, if we were to, to start from scratch. Yeah, so I think, the mascot of the state, if not for whatever sports team, would fall on this. It's got to be Biloxi Bacon. There's just nothing cooler or more Biloxi than than mullet, ground mullet. And, of course, Biloxi Bacon. Um, and named so because it, during World War II, when they were shutting down the food supplies to the south, we had so much mullet, we weren't sweating it, and they dubbed it Biloxi Bacon because we could just eat it like, as much as we wanted to. Um, so we're good down here with the Biloxi Bacon. It sustained us during the war, and um, or Civil War, I'm sorry. I think I said World War II. <laughs> but, uh, they were still eating it. it was so, they, had, they had so much from back then. They were still, they were still, we're still eating it. You know, There's stories of people taking their boats out. Just That's their fishing. They just go on their boat with a mullet jump. They fill up, and they come back. Probably not true, but that is how many there are here. It's just a lot of fun to go out and catch up with the net and um, fry them up if you're going to do that. You can't find them any places where there are a few joints you can still get a, get a mullet and eat it. But, but Luxie Bacon, the whatever Mississippi mascot, whatever team you want to put it on, um, maybe our uh, catfishing team or, you know, one of the sport fi- I don't know, something, something. And, I mean, the Shuckers, which is the real minor league team, that is such a good name because of the oyster, but Luxie Bacon would have been – if you had to replace it, that, that would be a solid one. But uh, so I've heard, I obviously know about mullet and Biloxi bacon, but I'm not the expert. So is is it, is it just the the word for the mullet itself, or is there like a preparation? No, it's just the word for the mullet itself. So just because it's just so plentiful, yeah, is where that comes from. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of had a whole list, and um, you know, it was crazy because I was looking back, and so for example, like so we've talked about in the Shoba County Fair before, all the, the kind of political arena, and uh, and famously. You know, there's been some, um, I'll just get into it. I think we should be, have the Neshoba County dog whistles. So the, their mascot is the dog whistle. So we have, we've got bulldogs, but this is the actual dog whistle, the political dog whistle that we know in Mississippi has had a steeped history. And and so in, in that same vein, I actually have found in an archive, uh, my uncle used to play basketball at Bellhaven back in the day. He's like a seven foot tall dude um, through marriage. So I didn't get those genes. But Bellhaven, believe it or not, used to be the Klansman. And they were Scottish clansmen, mind you. So there was, but this was probably back in like the '60s, '70s. They were the Bellhaven clansmen. So they had this dude dribbling the basketball with a kilt on. Um, but I think they thought better of it eventually. And but that was just a little too close. I mean, no one is is not understanding that you're the clansman if you name your team the clansman. You just put it in the middle of Mississippi. Yeah. So that's that's actually the physical historical representation of a dog whistle. Uh, on in terms of the logo of the Bellhaven Klansman, they've changed it. Obviously, that's not their mascot any longer. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, down here, everyone likes gumbo and making the roux instead of like the Crimson Tide, which is Alabama. We could have like the dark roux. Oh yeah, that's a good one. You know, because I think the the newer mascots, like when they start new teams, they always pick 
you know, something that like the Bobcats, something that a hundred other teams have. Yeah. And it's like these old teams, the ones that you don't know what the heck they are. Like I went to North Carolina where the Tar Heels, right. And so people have to ask like, what's the origin of these things? Which I like that. Like, what is this? And it speaks to the place. You got to figure it out and educate you about what you're watching. I, I like that yeah. better than the, the Eagles or the, you know, Lions or whatever. Right. I mean, I think we'd need the, the Natchez debutantes would be like a good one. Um, that sounds like, like an arena league team or something, you know, um, we could have them running around. Maybe, maybe that's a different sport where you have to wear dresses, like, uh, <laughs> like, like you're going to pilgrimage and you can only play in the front yards of antebellum homes or well, something. The debutante thing's almost like a sport here. I don't know how much you're familiar with the way that all goes down, but, uh, I mean, there's almost like a draft pick, you know, they pick the people that are part of it and they pick their escorts and the big announcements and all that. Yeah. And the dancing, you got to learn the dance. Um, so it is a sport. So the Natch, or what you say, the Natchez debutantes are participating in the debutante ball. They were already a team. I just, yeah, we, we, <laughs> they're already doing it. It's a ball, like a bowl, you know. It's, That's a good point. It's a good point. Well, you mentioned earlier uh, off offline that I think you'd been at like a bold peanut stand or something when you came in here. But the bold peanuts would be a good a good team name. Yes, I actually had that down for one of my team names. Okay, <laughs> oh, I scooped you. <laughs> okay, so you you nailed it. But yes, the bold peanuts would be just a perfect. Um, I think Mississippi, it's a, a southern thing, really. But growing up here in Mississippi, of course, every country road, you could stop and get you some boiled peanuts, spicy or not, yeah. and uh, and just chow down on that. And then I was thinking one a little bit more on the nose, but the Van Cleve possums. Okay. Tell people about Van Cleve if you don't know. <laughs> so Van Cleve is just a space. Uh, that's really as much as you need to know. It's north of Ocean Springs, um, and it's just some houses and a, and a road, I think. And uh, you can get some shed barbecue right on the border of Van Cleve there. And um, the possums just run free, free and wild, you know, just doing their thing up there. So uh, I think that if they had an animal they identified with, like our Biloxi bacon, it'd be the possum. possum. Yeah, and they the they, they would the fighting possum. They'd have to be known for you know like you never play want to play the possum on on a night game, right? Like there's all these if you go like to Death Valley LSU at a night game, it's like the hardest place to play. But the possum they're nocturnal, so that'd be the, you may you may get them in the daytime, but the second the second other doubleheader, the second game in a doubleheader when the when the sun starts going down, the possums are fierce. That's what I hear. Yeah, the possum they're they're actually supposed to be friendly animals. I don't want to get close enough to figure it out, but <laughs> apparently they're friendly, even though they're a little greasy looking, they look like big old rats. Yeah. Um, but they eat bad things in your yard, so don't chase them away. Just keep them out of your house. Yep, yep. yep. I was thinking when you when you mentioned the bold peanuts and, and even the Van Cleave area. So the, the bold peanuts, like I was thinking what geography, what town and city they'd be associated with. But really, like you're saying, these are always, the peanut guys are always in between places. They're always on the side of the highway selling peanuts between here and there, between hither and yon. So really their geography, they would be, the middle of nowheres so they would sort of be between there'd be a collective a collaborative group of all these different areas represent all the folks that live out in the county you know that's a lot of people around here they just live in the county they don't get to vote they don't have all the services necessary they just live in the county yeah so the bold peanuts they'd be like the populist group you know like the the real uh common folk would be real bold peanuts fans because these are the ones who don't live in any incorporated area so the unincorporated bold peanuts Unincorporated, love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've been up to the legislature recently. I think you'd have the the Jackson appropriators. You know, talk about the you know the appropriations and, and government money. 
Um, or Greenville Hot Tamales, you know, whatever, whatever. Down here on the coast, any, anybody north of I-10 is yeah, kind yeah. of a Yankee, so you could have the carpetbaggers, could be anyone up there. North of I-10 carpetbaggers, I yeah. like it. And then I thought in our leagues, you know, there's like in, in minor league baseball, you got like single A and double A. We could have single wide and double wide until <laughs> you get to the pro to pro ranks. And we probably would never get to the pro ranks if we just have mostly minor league stuff going on. If here. we don't change the suckers lead to the double wide immediately, I'm never going to the game again. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna send out a petition. They're double A. They are now definitely the double wide Brewers affiliate uh, from henceforth. Make it so. Love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, I think we I think we ran that one pretty well. Uh, what else you got? All right. I just want to give some shout out to some pro folks that I actually played with. Um, so nobody huge or you would know of them, obviously, but I played football with a guy named Lorenzo Diamond who uh, went on to play at Auburn. He was tight end for our, our team who was, you know, we weren't that great, good, but we were good enough, I guess. Uh, but Lorenzo went on to play for Auburn and did really well and went on to play in the pros for Miami. Um, and I think Baltimore. Nice. And then um, another fellow, Ronald Dupree, who was actually, you know, we were, we were good friends back in the day. But this kid uh, coming up at Biloxi High, he would break backboards in eighth grade. He was, he was you know, he would go to play basketball at the, at the Nichols gym and the backboards are out. It's because Ronald Dupree had been there. Wow. And um, he did take us on to a couple of state championships, I believe, at least one. Went on to lead the SEC in rebounding and scoring a couple years. And then bounced around the NBA for a few years, and we played for Detroit, um, the Cavs, and a few other spots. But uh, just to shout out some some of my my old teammates. What was it like playing? Because I've played with some people who who ended up going minor in minor league uh, sports and baseball, and then and even like D one, like these like in high school, anyone who goes like to be a D one running back, they're like legends in any high school. So just to know like you play with people who go pro, like what's it like seeing them? Then everyone thinks that the best player on their team is going to be like a star. But was there just something different about them? Um, well, yeah. So Lorenzo was just a giant of a person. But um, just for him to be able to do all the things tight ends do at the size of a man when we were all size of children, you know, was impressive to watch. Did he do? Did he ever take the ball on like running plays? Because I've seen yes. some of the biggest yes. dudes in in uh, in high school sports. Like you know, they're going to be defensive ends or tight ends. Like when they get to, to college, but. Because they're so much bigger than everybody, the coaches just hand it off to them. They'll play fullback or something. Yes, he would um, do this play where he would just be off the line at a tight end position and come around the end and get the inside handoff. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Crush some folks. Just running folks over. But yes, I remember that play very well. And then Ronald was just another level. Um, so I was a few years older than him. So whenever they were in the state competition, a few years later, I'd go watch them, you know, run through these state tournaments. And it was like watching him shoot layups, shooting three pointers. Um, against these other people and there's just no answer for him mm. um, and he played against some other folks I think that ended up going far from the rest of the state but uh, it was there was just no answer he was just another it's like he was playing a different game you know it was yeah. just unbelievable to watch him out there and um, just dominating folks and so he cool. Seneca Taylor who went to Ole Miss and was pretty good there didn't make it to the pros but those two played against each other and it was spectacular I mean it was just electric watching those two in the gym just standing room only in the gym they're just trading off dunks and then um you know, that was it was fun to watch that level of talent just right here. You know, there's nothing like yeah. seeing like a, a gym in high school when dudes are dunking. Like, the, the, it's it's crazy in, in those kind of atmospheres. And I was fortunate to be, you know, I was in high school in North Carolina. But like when you're in those kind of scenarios, our high school was so small, we were split off from the larger high school, so we had to kind of start up from scratch. So we had uh, the first year no senior class because they didn't want to separate the seniors that were from the big high school and make them graduate from some upstart high school. So like we're you know we went from this like big 
top of the, I guess we were 4A, it was our highest thing, and, and then we dropped down to like 2A, and like, of course, we're getting crushed because we don't have any seniors, but before that, my freshman year at the bigger high school, that that was where we'd had these these big dudes, and on the whether it's homecoming and someone breaks like a huge run and play, these all-star athletes, or you're in the gym. The in the gym is just, yeah. you can't match it. Yeah. So in clothes, it's small, and Blexley High School's gym is great because there's just state banners all over the place and district banners all over the place. And they would come out to the Bulls. You know, remember the 90s Bulls came out to that song and the lights. And they'd come out like that and run around the court. They'd highlight all the banners or the paintings on the floor of each year. They won state championships. And it was just a fun time. That's great. Well, speaking of, I don't know, a few people I didn't mention on our list. Uh, you mentioned Dupree. So, you know, Marcus Dupree was uh, an amazing uh, Mississippi athlete, football player, running back. And he had a, a kind of famous uh, story, kind of a tragic story to some degree, because he'd never quite realized his potential in the pros. But Willie Morris has a great book about the whole process, the courting of Marcus Dupree. And then speaking about tight ends, there was a guy that we loved as kids because his name was Josh Booty. <laughs> and uh, I believe he was from Starkville and a uh, baseball player. But we, my, my brother and I would always use him in the M, uh, King Griffey Jr. N64 MLB game. Like we'd make a point to get the, the Florida Marlins because whatever year that was, 98 or something, Josh Booty was on the Marlins. And we would just have to start Josh Booty. Now, wasn't Josh a two-sport athlete, though? Did he play probably. football? Probably. I think he played football, too, maybe. But he was definitely on the Marlins. So maybe that would make sense. He's probably a quarterback or something, yeah, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I remember that name. Um, maybe even him getting recruited. I don't know, but I remember that. Well, Mississippi has a lot of nice booties. <laughs> hey, top state for beauty queens. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I hear you. That's all we're saying. But, yeah, Josh Booty had to throw him in. Joe Horn, another saint uh, from Mississippi. Uh, receiver, the famous cell phone uh, TD celebration. Oh, yeah. That was epic, epic. Monte Ellis, basketball player. Current um, Devin Booker. Oh, yeah. Got to talk about Devin Booker. Yeah. Just killing it, killing it in the NBA. He is a real deal star. Yeah. And then there's one more, and uh, and I didn't even know this actually, but a Gulfport guy. His, he was uh, Chris Johnson, but he's better known as Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, who was a he changed his name when he got to the NBA and was kind of pushed out of the league because I think that he wouldn't stand for the anthem way back then. He wouldn't then. stand for the anthem, yes, and he would do the the Muslim prayer yeah. during that. But I've got a Mahmoud Abdul Raouf story. Oh, awesome! <laughs> of course what? you do. We did not plan this. <laughs> no, we did not. I have seen him play in high school. And he was special, um, you know, much like Dupree at that stage. He he progressed a little more. But um, I, one summer during college, laid concrete for the summer, and I did his house. Whoa. So I laid the concrete at Mahmoud Abdul Raouf's house out in the kiln. Um, he did come once or twice to say hello and check on us, but um, it was an all-black crew working up in the kiln, which uh, had its road blocks, but Mahmoud got chased out of town pretty quickly after building this $3 million home wow. <laughs> in the kiln, but I was there for, for part of it, at least. I was there to help lay the, the foundation and the, the driveway, so that's great. my connection that's to one of the greatest Mississippi athletes. Of all I love time. it. I love it. Well, that's a good place. That's an awesome story and a good place to end. We... You know, laying the foundation is a good metaphor just to talk about Mississippi laying the foundation for so many epic, epic sports careers and, and stories. And I know there's a ton we left out and there's a lot of, you know, if you talk to any any fan of Mississippi State or Ole Miss or any of the colleges, they're going to have a, a laundry list of epic people who passed through those schools. And a lot of them didn't go pro, but just to 
touch the tip of the iceberg on how many people came out of Mississippi is an amazing endeavor. There's no way we could have covered it all, but I thought that was a pretty good um, honor to the to the folks we could think of. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. We all hit us up on the on the uh, Gmail at msthingpod at gmail.com. Let us know who we missed, what you thought. Any yeah, anything to add before we before yeah, we sign yeah, off? Definitely. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Um, go listen to us, go back and listen to the old ones, listen to them twice, leave a review um, so we can get famous. Yeah, the old ones, the other three of them. Yes. <laughs> the old, from the olden days. We're four deep, so <laughs> go listen and review and tell your friends and share and all that stuff. Yep. For Corey Christie, uh, this is Julian Rankin, uh, Mississippi Thing. Y'all be good. We'll see you next time.